Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, welcome back. Oh, thank you very much, Eric. It's uh, spring in the air. Things are turning green, so um, things are good. No complaints. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. Uh, you're actually going to be doing a two-part podcast today, so audience, uh, make sure you understand that this is part one. Part two will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Tim, what are you talking about over these next two podcasts? So we've talked a lot in other podcasts about the fact that, you know, we choose to be fiduciaries for our clients, proactive planning, comprehensive planning. Um, and one of the one part of that is what we call wealth enhancement. And wealth enhancement is, you know, trying to help clients maximize what they keep as the, and in this case today we want to talk about maximizing what they keep as they exit to financial independence because we also talk a lot about setting up proper exit strategies. So that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, sounds good. Let's uh, let's dive into it. I mean, so this is. Do you have specific things you're going to be talking about in part one? Yeah. So the whole the theme of the part of the two part podcast is really helping clients create recurring revenue for the business. And what I thought I would talk about today is, you know, why even do it? You know, what what it means? Uh, why consider it? And why why it's a value? And then kind of transition into part two, um, which would be, you know, if you do choose to do it. Uh, what's the best best path, and you know how how can I help you do it? All right, sounds good. So I guess I'll just jump right in. So today, what we really want to talk about is you know why would a company even consider or want to um, create recurring revenue? And I'll just use a bunch of examples uh, that I've read about, but also clients that I work with, and also some vendors that I use mm -hmm. in terms of, um, some, you know, companies that have adopted a subscription type method. And, you know, one, one of the ones I recently read about that I don't think has really gained a whole lot of traction. In fact, I did a little research about Volvo, what they've, they, they basically announced about a year ago, I think a subscription model where you could pay a certain amount per month. And then at the end of like 12 months or 24 months, you just turn your car in and get a new one. And as I looked into it, I don't think that um, that beta test is like taken off like they wanted. But the benefit is really that from a consumer standpoint, you pay one fixed fee per month and that kind of covers everything, you know, insurance, maintenance, et cetera. So it's kind of like a lease, except it's an automatic renewal to a car. But I, I think ones that I use personally that are more applicable is like, Eric, I don't know if you shave every day. You know, I mean, especially during COVID, I, I don't. was on Zoom a bunch of times <laughs> with people who don't. But um, I have I have to subscribe to Harry's Razors. I don't know if you've seen their ads. Yes, but I, I actually I used to. I, I I loved that company. Yeah. So I just actually this week I got my in the mail and my order came in and you know so you know Gillette or all the different it's, I don't know if my compliance people want me to naming company names so I won't but I will use Harry's just as an example as an alternative to me going to the store and buying new razors every time I need them. It just shows up in my my door. So, and and they're great razors. I like them. Um, but I've seen it where they're doing it now with toothbrushes. Um, actually, flowers are a good example. I'll talk about. 
and we all, you know, the ones we use the most probably, or at least I do, is Netflix and, you know, Prime and things like that. So those are just examples of what they are. And what I thought I'd do is kind of dive into six reasons, you know, to consider offering your customers a subscription. So when you're ready, right. I'll just start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the first reason is predictability. You know, I think as a business owner, you always want to, you would, in a perfect world, you'd like to have more predictable expenses, more predictable revenue, and to have to, the ability to forecast revenue going forward when you're in a transaction business is hard. You know, you rely on what happened last year, but if we have more and more customers paying a subscription fee, it's much easier to predict your cash flow and forecast it. So there was an example of a company I read about where they're in the flower business, the florist business. It's called um, H. Bloom. And they had an issue, like the whole industry does apparently, that they throw away more than half of the flowers that they mm -hmm. take in just because of, they, of age. You know, they, they pull them in. They're not sure how many they're going to sell. They kind of estimate maybe how many on Mother's Day or, you know, different weekends. But they end up tossing half of them. So they set up, this company set up a subscription plan where you can sign up. And especially if you're like a business, right, a hotel or a spa, you can just sign up and they just automatically deliver them. And as a result, it's it's much more predictable and they're not housing as much inventory, et cetera. So predictability is a key one. And an example that I use recently is my um, heating and air conditioning company. So once a year I would call them to come out when the air conditioner wasn't working initially. And, and uh, I called recently and they said, well, are you part of our preferred subscription plan? And I said, no, how do I sign up? Because mm -hmm. You know, you also get them to come first, you know, to you if you sign up for their plan. Oh, so, nice. but from their perspective, I'm sure it's, you know, it's very seasonal, right? You get all these people calling and overloading you at beginning of the summer, end of the summer for heating. And what they were, what been able, because I talked to the owner and what he said he was able to do is really forecast and spread out and as a result manages people a little better. So predictability and revenue also translates to predictability of staffing expenses, et cetera. Got it. All right. So the second one, and I kind of covered a little bit in the first, was you eliminate seasonality. So a lot of businesses are busy during the season. You know, we just got done with tax season, so my CPA was unreachable for, for several months. Um, and now she kind of came out of the, the woodwork, and, you know, she's able, you can call her. Um, but, you know, like the example of the florist, you know, they're really busy on Valentine's Day, really busy on Mother's Day. And in an attempt to try and eliminate, you know, the, the seasonality of their business, um, you with these subscription plans, you can kind of stretch out the revenue and, uh, you know, throughout the year or also have, you know, people buying um, more flowers, et cetera, other than just for the, when they're thinking about it, the impulse buys during, you know, like a Mother's Day or Valentine's Day. Um, but I also read about an example of a company, it's called Mr. Car Wash, and they started offering a subscription because there were periods of the year where, like rainy season, I guess, um, you know, where they especially they just weren't getting as much business. So by offering, and I don't know if you've seen it much where you are, but I see most of the car washes now in our area offer some sort of Absolutely. monthly subscription service where you get X amount, you can come in X amount of time or unlimited you know, mm -hmm. throughout the year. And it's just, again, a way for them to, you know, eliminate the seasonality of it where, you know, sometimes they're just really busy, but they can stretch it out throughout the year. Yeah, they've been trying to get me for a while. Now they're, one of the companies is offering unlimited car washes for $10 a month for the first three months. 
And the, I haven't <laughs> looked at what the price does after three months, but doggone it, that's so tempting. Ten I'm bucks for sure unlimited it'll go up, car right? watches? Yeah. 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 yeah, that'd be nice. Anyway. <laughs> so predictability and seasonality are two reasons. And the third reason is really some of the things that we focus on more as a business owner when we're assisting them, and that is improved valuations. You know, we've talked a lot about the value of your business and, you know, you've built a successful business and we help build successful exits. And one of the ways we can do that is by helping clients just focus on, you know, making uh, more, creating more recurring revenue. Because a, a buyer, when they look at a business, when they're coming in to evaluate it, they want to make sure that the business will succeed without the buyer there, without the seller there, right? They, they want to make sure that if you created this business and you're the one who grew it, that if you leave, um, the business will still be there. And part of the, one of the ways they, they can identify that and they pay, will pay you more for it is if they can see that you have recurring revenue coming in at the door. So if in January 1st of each year, you have to go out and get new clients uh, versus if they know that they have subscription revenue or recurring revenue coming in, you're going to get a higher valuation when you look to exit. So from a personal standpoint for the owner, um, this is one of the things that they focus a lot on, you know, not just the predictability and eliminating seasonality, but, you know, improving the valuation when they're ready to exit. All right. That makes sense. And then the fourth reason is what I would call the Trojan horse effect. Mm. It's probably a bad term for it, but because <laughs> that seems like, oh my God, you're tricking somebody. And it might be like what you just said, where, you know, they start you at $10 a month for three months and then they bump it up. But the, the, the Trojan horse effect is really talking about, you know, when you start subscribing to a service, like if I start paying that fee for the, uh, the monthly fee for my HVAC company to come in and make in service, I know that I'm getting access to their best people. I know that hopefully I'm going to get preferred access when I need help. But I, I do also realize that I'll probably end up buying more things. I, maybe I end up buying more filters or, you know, additional service things that I might need in the winter when it's time for, you know, for the heater to, to, to be turned on. But the best example is just look at Prime. You know, when, when mm -hmm. people pay that annual fee for Prime, um, they're typically buying more things through Amazon than they than they would maybe if they didn't have Prime because they're trying to get their money's worth, you know. Yeah, and and, and you brought up Prime, so I'm I'm gonna bring up something that I've noticed, and, and I could be wrong, but I wonder if companies and and maybe you can speak to this as far as what you've been looking into, if maybe they change their tactics over time, right? So we've been with Prime for quite a while, right? And and part of Prime is is Amazon Music. Right, that you, you get Amazon Music as part of it, not the premier music, uh, which has everything, but it has you, you have a regular library that you can go to, and it, it changes a little bit here and there. Uh, but I've noticed, you know, I noticed when we first started, every once in a while, like once every couple of weeks, it would pop up and say, Hey, do you want to upgrade to Music Unlimited? For ten ninety nine a month or or whatever it is for all of your devices and such and such, and you just you click no, thank you. Now every time I open Prime Music, every time, that pops up, and <laughs> I was like, uh, I said no, I've said it no every time. Please stop, <laughs> right. please stop putting that on my screen. But I'm wondering, do you, do you think that that's something that that some companies are doing as well? Definitely, I think you know once you're in, you know again that Trojan horse. Once you're in. Like Audible, like I notice on Audible, they give you credits where you get free Audible books. Mm -hmm. And then I think what's happening is then you're in there more often than you buy additional books. Or I notice more and more when I go into Prime, 
um, when you go to select a movie that's listed there, all of a sudden it's, oh, you got to pay for that one. So there's much, there's more and more that you have to pay for in there now um, as additional sources of revenue, I'm guessing, for Prime. So yes, they definitely get you in. Um, and then there's a Trojan horse effect where they're then trying to sell you more stuff. For a little sure. bit of an upsell. Yeah, exactly. So unlike the transaction business model where on January 1st, I'm looking and I have to stimulate demand, my business through advertising, I have to figure out how I'm going to get maybe former customers, existing customers to buy with a subscription based model. It, it's really that model is going to do most of the work for you because they're going to continue to pay and then you just need to communicate more with the existing base. Um, so it's just less expensive to retain, you know, your clients. And I think in business, people know that it's much more, it's much less expensive to maintain an existing client than it is to go out and find a new one. So one of the benefits of, you know, of the subscription model is we call it just the sale that keeps on giving because it's going to continue to give recurring revenue. Uh, and then like we talked about that upsale on the, in the last item. Mm-hmm. versus the transaction based where you're, you're doing all the work to try and generate the new revenue every year. Yeah. Well, and I think that with, with any of these thoughts, it really is all about the value, right? Because if you're bringing tremendous value to your client, then I don't mind a subscription, right? I, I, I really like subscriptions for certain things. But then you see these other companies that are just trying to do subscriptions just to get the reoccurring revenue, but they're not really offering the level of service that, that you should be getting when paying, you know, the, the fees for that subscription. So I think there's a, there's a balance. And I, I think that companies that are successful with this uh, and have clients that are raving fans, they're not trying to gouge people and they're not trying to always upsell them, you know, or take away benefits that originally were with the subscription. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Like I know with, you know, I mean, the, the final point of why you'd want to do it gets to what you're saying is data and market research. Mm-hmm. So if you do have a subscription model and you have all these basically fans who are subscribing to your service, um, you should be able to see data and identify really, you know, what is it that they need? What is it that they're consuming? What is it that they need the most? And then hopefully focus more energy on that. So for example, getting back to my heating and air company, uh, one of the things they noticed was I'm in an area where trees go down, power goes out. Mm. And sometimes when the power goes out, it shocks the system and some of the circuit boards get blown out. So one of the things they, they did was they kind of, I don't want to say they upselled, but they identified, you know, a, a surge protector. Like it's not even really in their business because their, you know, electrician came in and did that. But mm-hmm. they hopefully, you know, with that market data, they've um, identified an area that helps me, helps them, and makes me a much stronger client. So if they really hadn't dug into that information and identified that that was a problem that I had, I probably never would have done it, and I probably would have paid more to them, you know, long term. So the proper use of the data and the market research to really hone in on your niche, your service, your client, gets to what you were just saying that, you know, those are the ones who really do the best. Yeah, that's fantastic. So my, my takeaway from you know, why anyone would want to do this is really that, you know, first of all, it makes your company more predictable, which makes your life better as a business owner. Hopefully more predictable revenue means you can, you know, manage your staff, your team better. And everyone knows it's just so hard to attract and retain people. If you could do, you know, more with less or even just manage it better, that's better. Um, It also extends the lifetime value of a customer. And that's one of the things that business owners, uh, buyers look at 
is, you know, how long, you know, what's the demographic of your customer base? How long have they been with you? How many are recurring clients? You know, how often do you have to go get new ones? And all that ultimately makes your business more valuable. So that, that's really my biggest takeaway as far as why it makes your life better. It makes your business more predictable and ultimately it increases the value. It can increase the value on the back end if you do something like this. And Tim, value is exactly what, you know, kind of the point is, right? I mean, that's you've spoken so much about increasing the value of your company, especially when you're thinking about exiting or you're planning for an exit. I can see how this would absolutely blow the roof off that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, before I end this part one, you know, and hopefully the listeners either said, yeah, it makes sense to try, or they've said, no, I'm not going to do it, and they won't go to part two. But um, before I get into that, I just wanted to say when, you know, if you're thinking of it, there's some real kind of low-hanging fruit any business owner can go pick up and do this. So I'll just, I continually use my example of my, um, the, the heating, air, heating and air people. They just went right to their existing client base and they said, look, you know, we're trying to manage our staffing. We're trying to provide better service. Um, if you're willing to pay this subscription fee, you're in this club. You're in this group of people that'll get the first, first service when you need it. I have a client that is in the, um, they install sprinkler systems in big, like uh, high-rise buildings, but also homes as fire protection. And one of the things they've started doing is is trying to get um, more service contracts. Uh, so service contracts are also a real kind of a low-hanging fruit. And you can get service contracts with homes. You can get service contracts with, you know, commercial properties, et cetera. And, and so the switch to membership model is super valuable. I found that when my HVAC company did that, I thought, okay, I'm paying, but I'm also paying to access these experts that do things that I don't do that can hopefully help me rather than the what we call the break and fix model where, hey, something's broke, I need it fixed, I'm going to call you. And then they have to figure out this surge of, you know, how do I staff it? You know, how do I spread my people around? So it's bad for me, it's bad for them. But to have me, to give me the ability to access their expertise um, as this kind of a service agreement I thought it was great, and I, de- I signed up immediately. Yeah. No, that, that sounds like a great value. So I'll end it here. Just Again, I just wanted to talk initially about you know why someone would even want to do it, and and then I want to kind of lead into part two, which will be, okay, you've, maybe you've decided, yeah, this makes sense. I'd like to do it. The question is how. So that's what we'll talk about at the next part, part two of this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, even without part two coming out there, you have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great information. You have a ton of podcasts out there, and and folks need to be reaching out to you to ask you questions about this or any of the other information that they've, they've heard on any of the other podcasts. Can you go ahead and give them your contact info again um, so they can do that? Sure. My email is tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com, or they can always call the office at 219-531-4941 and schedule what I would call like a build-your-exit meeting. All right. Tim, again, thank you so much for today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it, Eric. Always. You bet. And to you, the listening audience, we say thank you to you for tuning in and listening to the Wellstream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim Scannell, sorry, edit team, this way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 